Hello, everyone. I would like to welcome you all to the latest installment of H2 Tech's podcast series, H2 Tech Talk. Today, we will discuss the feasibility of a hydrogen future, comparing it with the existing use of liquefied natural gas, or LNG. To speak on this topic, we have a special guest for you, Mehdi Tool, LNG Operations Specialist and Design SME for Capstone Industrial Training Solutions. As an LNG Operations Specialist, Mehdi has over 20 years of experience in the oil and gas industry and has worked on the world's most significant natural gas projects and multi-billion dollar facilities across Qatar, Russia, and Algeria. He recently joined Capstone as its new subject matter expert for LNG and will continue sharing his expertise in liquefaction. He is also known on LinkedIn as one of the most active advocates for LNG, where he shares industry updates and insights with his 35,000 followers daily. Welcome in, Mehdi. How are you doing today? Thank you, and uh, thank you for uh, having me on this podcast. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so before we dive into the discussion, um, can you please let the listeners know more about your role at Capstone? So uh, coming from a pure technical background, I joined uh, recently Capstone ATS, which is a provider of uh, training solution and competency management systems for the for the energy industry. But uh, for me, what attracted me to to join the the firm was the their focus on the the LNG industry. So after 20 years in the field and in the control room operations, I have a lot, I think, to, to share. And I wanted to, to, to contribute with my expertise to the field of uh, training in the LNG industry. Well, thank you for lending your knowledge to H2 Tech. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, let's go ahead and get started with the first question, Matty. Um, do you think that LNG and hydrogen are in direct composition? Well, uh, it depends on the kind of uh, competition that we are talking about. In terms of emissions at the combustion point, of course, there is no denying that LNG is a significant source of GSGs. Moreover, when you add uh, methane leaks. But if you look closely at the supply chain for both fuels, the picture is much more complicated. Without even considering the color spectrum, or I would say the flavors we are using to categorize hydrogen. In terms of uh, technological maturity and reach, LNG is king with decades of incremental development and significant investment that have positioned natural gas as the energy source needed for the transition. As per the most recent IGU annual report, last year the global LNG trade reached an all-time high of more than 370 million tons versus a liquefaction capacity of 460 million tons with a fleet of more than 640 vessels able to deliver LNG around the world and beyond landlocked pipeline networks. On the other hand, we have most of the 130 million tons of hydrogen generated annually using carbon intensive methods like from natural gas by steam methane reforming and categorized uh, as a gray hydrogen with almost 10 kilogram of co2 emitted for one kilogram of gray hydrogen and a key point to consider here and uh, in contrast to lng 
is that LNG, uh, hydrogen is consumed most of the time at its point of production in refineries or ammonia plants. So I would say that no, LNG and hydrogen are not in direct competition. I see. Uh, and I, I would say to add on, um, natural gas will likely be an essential ingredient even if we are looking towards a hydrogen future. Um, you mentioned producing gray hydrogen by steam methane reforming, which can be transformed into blue hydrogen with carbon capture and storage. But uh, we'll talk more about that a little bit later. Um, so so what, uh, what about low carbon green hydrogen options? Yes, that's an important topic. So we must be cautious about the particular narrative being pushed for the adoption of green hydrogen as the fuel of the future. And this is what the hydrogen economy or the hydrogen hype, I would say, is all about. Uh, for me, as a technical person, I see hydrogen as an energy carrier rather than an energy source. Unfortunately, right now, the dominant narrative is quite the opposite. Hydrogen is not inefficient and indeed not a cheap energy carrier. In most cases, I find it hard to justify using expensive electricity generated from renewable sources of energy to produce hydrogen by electrolysis in a very inefficient, uneconomical way. Of course, electrolyzers are becoming cheaper and more efficient, but that's not the point, because the greenest energy is the energy we don't consume. We will also need to develop a dedicated supply infrastructure, which is almost inexistent now. Also, there won't be enough green electricity to produce green hydrogen to displace fossil fuels, which is the path investors and politicians are pushing for. Producing all of today's hydrogen output from electricity would require 3,600, again, 3,600 terawatts. This is more than the total annual power generation of the European Union. In parallel, we are talking about a planned 10,000 gigawatts by 2050, with significant, of course, losses along the way, which does not even cover a fraction of the hydrogen produced today. And don't get me started on the pressure requirements for storing uh, hydrogen, which require a considerable amount of energy and investment. I believe that there are more opportunities to reduce carbon emissions using renewable electricity, which is the, the ultimate goal, than wasting it on green hydrogen as a fuel. I have seen recently peer-reviewed studies about uh, using hydrogen for heating homes uh, published last week in the UK, and they all came down to the same conclusion. More expensive than natural gas, less efficient, and definitely not safe for residential use. Is this where we want to spend green, expensive, intermittent electricity? I think you presented a pretty solid case there. Uh, so do you believe that blue hydrogen is the better option? Uh, that's a, a bit of controversy here. So let's be honest. Some of my peers, I will be frank. So some of my peers in the natural gas and LNG industry, including decision makers, think that green hydrogen is an existential threat to our business model, and that blue hydrogen, along with its uh, carbon capture and storage promises, has been marketed as our savior. However, if you look at the recent event, uh, events, gas prices are at an all-time high. If we want to talk about large-scale uh, energy storage 
using blue hydrogen as a medium, I haven't seen yet affordable or scalable CCS solutions for blue hydrogen that could compete with green hydrogen in terms of pricing. In terms of volumes, the obvious answer is yes, but in terms of emissions and price, certainly not. I would prefer focusing on LNG and increase capacity beyond 2030 to meet the increasing demand, while we continue at the same time developing energy storage solutions to accelerate electrification. There is a reason why global demand for coal has kept rising, even before the start of the conflict in Ukraine. So what are your thoughts on um, LNG infrastructure being repurposed for hydrogen? I think that this is not a realistic vision and uh, more of a convenient political wish uh, supported by lobbying groups. We have very limited resources to solve the issue of decarbonization. I don't think that injecting hydrogen in gas pipelines and burning the mix at the end is an area we should invest in. As per the IEA, building up low carbon hydrogen production capacity will account for more than a quarter of cumulative global investment by 2050. A quarter of a cumulative global investment. That's a lot. Uh, probably it's great news for the hydrogen industry, or if you are an electrolyzer manufacturer, but not so much for the environment. From an efficiency point of view, where every percent of energy saved counts. The idea that we can swap equipment and repurpose existing uh, gas distribution networks to hydrogen has gained massive support worldwide, especially in Europe, where government subsidies are the main drive behind the concept. The Hydrogen Science Coalition and Paul Martin have done a fantastic job at explaining why this is a bad idea. Do you know that the work required to compress and transport hydrogen is three times more than the compression work required for natural gas? So think about the size, the number of compressors that will be required, and the gas turbines needed to drive them. We have also other issues like pressure drops to account for, the line pack phenomenon, uh, hydrogen embrittlement issues with the carbon steel pipes. Even with a lower hydrogen content, we would still face significant inefficiencies and increase the risk of leaks. Yet, all we hear about is how easy and green the conversion would be from natural gas to hydrogen and the politicians are happily taking the bait. It sounds great to say that hydrogen is a zero emission energy carrier, but that's not a fact. I see. So in your opinion, uh, what is the prospect for liquid hydrogen shipping? Uh, I remember well the media frenzy about the first shipment of uh, liquid hydrogen from Japan to Australia last January. Uh, liquefying hydrogen at minus 253 degrees Celsius is energy intensive and expensive. Moreover, when you have to worry about boil-off, which is far worse than that of LNG. If we want to continue the comparison with LNG, a standard LNG carrier with a capacity of 160,000 cubic meter would carry around 73,000 tons of LNG. Whereas Kawasaki, uh, in Japan is proposing a new design with the same capacity of 160,000 cubic meter to carry 11,200 tons of liquid hydrogen. Again, 
73,000 tons versus of LNG versus 11,000 tons of liquid hydrogen. I'm not talking about the difference in energy density, but you can still imagine the enormous logistical challenges in terms of shipping and the capex of developing and deploying this new design while still considering the BOG losses for long voyages. I'm talking about insulation, loading arms, and a whole new infrastructure. Just look at what happened recently to NASA Artemis hydrogen power uh, rocket last month. And those guys, they have a solid experience working with liquid hydrogen for decades. Also, I'm not sure that there are cryogenic pumps on the market today able to handle 160,000 cubic meters of hydrogen at minus 253 degrees Celsius in a reasonable time. And uh, back to shipping, some studies have suggested uh, other methods like using ammonia or methanol to carry hydrogen. But if you, uh, by factoring the conversion and reconversion cost and energy losses uh, would have a decisive impact on the final delivery price versus fossil fuels, at least for now. I also don't expect to see global trade for liquid hydrogen that would replicate LNG markets and shipping routes. I think that it would be best to utilize hydrogen at the production point for industrial uses and fertilizers production. Remember, except for a few places uh, like India, most ammonia plants are located near affordable sources of natural gas not because it is convenient, but because it is cheaper. Yes, um, that is uh, typically the case um, here in the US as well. Um, uh, so what are your thoughts on, on hydrogen-fueled gas turbines for power generation? Well, uh, most gas turbines are fuel-flexible machines to some extent, and manufacturers have already started to include uh, hydrogen-ready products in their portfolios or they are offering retrofits for existing machines. First, gas turbines consume dozens of tons of fuel per hour. Again, I don't see any economical uh, rationale for burning expensive electrolytic hydrogen, uh, even when blended with natural gas, to generate electricity. If it is for the sake of reducing emissions, use direct electricity instead and cut the losses. From a technical perspective, beyond a 30% hydrogen blend, there are serious challenges to consider. First, hydrogen burns rapidly and its flame speed can lead to flashbacks and catastrophic pressure oscillations can happen. There is a also a delicate balance that needs to be maintained if you want to keep uh, your NOx emissions within limits while avoiding flashbacks at the same time. There are problems with flame detections inside the combustion chamber, sealing issues, and complex fuel system controls that can increase safety risks. Of course, for every technical problem, there is a technical solution. And there are several gas turbines running successfully on various blends of hydrogen with efficiencies close to those of regular gas turbines. Yet, studies have shown that hydrogen fuel gas turbines are competitive only in energy system that impose a stringent cap on CO2 emissions, with assumptions made beyond 2040 for low-cost electrolyzers. Thank you, Mehdi, uh, for answering these questions. You're welcome. 
are there any closing thoughts, um, anything that comes to your mind that you'd like to tell our listeners? Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, I'm not looking for the controversy. I'm not uh, coming from the perspective of the uh, fossil fuel guy coming against the world. No, I'm not against hydrogen. I am certainly not against uh, electrolysis, but I am extremely skeptical on the prospect of hydrogen replacing natural gas. I think the best thing we can do with hydrogen is to focus on decarbonizing the current production itself a monumental task. And I'm not denying that human activities are disrupting weather patterns, but selling hydrogen hope using alarmism is a counterproductive approach. Uh, There is no perfect solution. And I believe that divesting from fossil fuels now and stopping uh, funding new projects will lead to catastrophic results, not only in terms of emissions, but energy security imperatives as well. We obviously need to support innovation in new technologies and improve existing ones, but we also do need economical solutions. Otherwise it won't work and we will end up wasting precious time. We have seen recently the global resurgence of coal because of high gas prices, and I don't expect any improvement in the midterm. However, the world will continue to rely on natural gas and energy for the foreseeable future. I want to thank you again for joining us today to, you know, discuss the future of hydrogen. And um, I hope to have another discussion with you in the near future. But last but not least, we want to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in for another installment of H2 Tech Talk. Uh, Please remember to share and subscribe. Thanks.